You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And yes, I am your host, Rick Franzi. It's great to be here and I'm expecting to have a great show today. And why do you ask? Because our guest, Ruhi Tusi, is here. He is the president and principal engineer for Apex Environmental and Water Resources. Ruhi, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for having me here. It is a pleasure. And uh, I call myself an Orange County resident. So I'm very happy to be here and, and, and talk with you a little bit. One of the other things that Ruhi is that I didn't mention is a co-founder of his company. And so I love to have founders and co-founders on the show because we can go back in your origin story. And that's where I'd like to start, Ruhi. So take us back in time and sort of explain your background that led up to the decision and then the motivation to start Apex Environmental Water Resources. Well, yeah, that's a that's a great Great question, Rick. I appreciate that. And but just to clarify, I was the only founder. I had I, I didn't have any co-founders, so I wish I did, but I didn't. <laughs> That's true. Thank so, you for correcting me. From my childhood, honestly, I always had the dream I'm going to be a businessman in America. When I was living in Iran and uh, always dreaming about my future, I was like, I'm a businessman in America. And everything in my life, every decision, every failure. Every win, every loss, every heartbreak led me to where I am today. And the main motivation for me to start my com- company was, uh, well, I'm coming from a corporate background. I had uh, high titles, if you want to call it, in, in, in my previous companies. But I got to a point I realized that the purpose of the corporate is all about money and profit. When they wanted to set the, the the goal for the next year, it was like, oh, more profit, more money. And um, I have a personal pl- philosophy, and, and that's the philosophy of Apex, that money is just a tool for us to do impactful thing and not the purpose of what we do. And I really want to uh, build an organization that shows that, doesn't just has it as an, a slogan, doesn't just talk about it. It has can show it in, in practice that money is just a tool for us to do impactful thing, take care of our people, take care of our community, and, and build a better sustainable future for everybody. So with those intentions and, and motivations, I started my company, and I'm looking forward to, to the future and see how I can uh, build that future that I'm looking forward to it. And how long ago has it been since you launched the firm? Well... I know the date. It was 12-22-2022. So there was a lot of twos in that. And uh, I think I take I take signs as, as, a, as a good uh, indication of I'm on the right path. So. so so let's let's talk about in the early stages of the business model development. Many of the founders that have been on the program over the years have explained that they've had to make decisions about the business model, what we think of as pivots, major or minor pivots. Have you had to make any pivots in the business model as you've scaled the firm? Well, um, to be honest with you, if if you start a business and, and then you are an entrepreneur and a new company, you have to pivot every day. 
it's, it's you have to be flexible you have to be nimble to work with different types of clients different perspectives and different ideas and and be be open minded and open to new uh, environments and and services that you can offer to different type of clients um, but one thing that I really learned in the past year is that it's all about the people. It is about like the right having the right people in your team, and and uh, understanding also your clients are the people, and you have to um, provide the best services to to them and and satisfy their needs and and solve their solutions, uh, solve their their problems actually, provide solutions for them. Mm-hmm. So um, the the only thing I can say is that when the purpose is right, when 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 you know where you're going and and it's in the way of growth and evolution, I think the universe has your back and always sends sends things from different ways and avenues that you you couldn't even think about it. So the pivots are always there, and you have to always be nimble and flexible to to adjust to the new conditions and things that comes your way. Every day. That's that's powerful insight, Ruhi, in the sense, and it's in it it's confirming what other guests have said over the years, which is in in this early stage of the business model development, you're you're really open to a lot of feedback and input, and it's such an exciting time. Sometimes people, as they scale their business, they sort of miss those early days that you are living now of the business when it was so vibrant and vital and. You know, there's a lot coming at you. And so uh, all I could say is, and I'm sure you are, I can tell from talking to you that you enjoy the journey because this is a really valuable time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, no two days are the same and it's always exciting. And you have to come up with, with new ideas and be open to new new ways of doing things, you know. Right. So let's talk about what it is your firm does. Maybe you could tell us the problems that you're solving, the kind of clients and customers that you're working with and that are interested in working with you, and sort of what your unique selling proposition is or what makes you special to those people that choose to do business with your firm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it's pretty much in our name. We're a, a environmental and water resources company that we solve environmental and water resources challenges. But uh, the majority of people that I'm working with right now are property owners, real estate developers, and um, and some public agencies that we're helping them with the contaminated properties and the water resources challenges they have. Uh, for example, I have a client that is a sh- shopping center owner in an LA area, and they had a dry cleaner on their site. And dry cleaners are a source of contamination to the so- uh, to the soil and the groundwater beneath them. So we're helping them with um, uh, coming up with the plans and uh, characterizing the extent of contamination and, and cleaning up that, that problem. And another thing that uh, our firm is uh, very proud of, and it's one of those pivotal moments, in, in, if you want to call it, yeah. is bringing AI and, and automation and, and new technologies and cutting-edge technologies into our industry, into the environmental and water resources industry, and trying to connect and bridge this gap between the technology and, and the, uh, the industry that we have and been run by uh, regulations and things that set set in place in 30 years ago. So what we do uh, is uh, providing AI solutions, automation solutions for 
streamlining the processes and and removing the human error from how do we do an, our, our analytics and and, and decision making in, in the process. So um, pretty much we work with everybody who has environmental compliance issues, uh, anybody who has water resources issues, but currently is uh, mainly the, the the private developers and real estate and uh, private uh, properties owners. If if people haven't been through the process of seeing if your ground is contaminated, if the soil is contaminated, and uh, trying to remediate it, that can become a very expensive proposition. Absolutely, absolutely, and and what that's one of the things uh, I think you you were asking like why people choose to work with me and and, and our company. Uh, I th I think it's like. To be honest with you, I haven't done any marketing since I started my company. Really? And it's, it's been mostly referrals and connections and, and people sending referrals to, towards me. And, and, and I think it's particularly because of the trust, because especially in the type of business that we are, uh, we are the decision making as what is the extent of the problem. So we can create problems if it's, it's not there, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, I think what I have been able to establish between myself and my clients is the trust and, and the thing that I'm on, under the, their team. I'm trying to help you understand the problem, solve the problem in the most cost effective way and that doesn't have that much financial burden for you and, and, and also is protective of the human health and the environment around it, the surrounding property. So it's because, very important. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, because here in California, you have both the local entities that want to make sure the ground is clean but you also are dealing with federal agencies that are making sure and you mentioned the term regulators before and maybe entrepreneurs and business owners when they hear that term they react to it one way or the other but at the end of the day uh, it's the work that you're doing if i understand your business model correct that's going to demonstrate to the outside agencies that the remediation has been thorough complete and is safe that, that's very correct. It sounds like you you know a lot about remediation process and how it works, <laughs> but yeah, like it's mostly we work with the regulatory agencies and the government bodies, and and they they look at our reports and they they approve of it. They're like, oh, no, this is something is wrong here. You gotta go do more, inv investigate more, come up with more plans for it. So yeah, there's a lot of those back and forth conversations, but we always try to keep our clients in mind when we're having this conversation and also keep our environment in, in mind, the community, how they're going right. to be impacted with this contamination. Right. So there's, a, there's always a dialogue going on. Southern California has had a rich manufacturing history, aerospace, whatever, and that, that is great. But those businesses also put a pretty heavy burden on the land on which they occupied. So when they're no longer there, remediating that soil for commercial real estate, homes condos can be a big job well i don't know if you heard about pfas the the uh the pretty much the the family of uh, teflon and all the waterproofing material and uh, i always use this analogy we have a persian expression in farsi uh, that that says uh, one fool drops a rock at the bottom of a well thousands of wise men cannot get it out and, and and the story of my business, <laughs> what we do is pretty much that. Like um, uh, because of the human greed, because how we 
we we're just thinking about the profit we're just thinking oh i'm making one billion dollar profit in my teflon industry why would i care about the health impacts of this pro this this chemical so i just keep producing producing and now we have this pfas which is a a, a, a big concern is is growing concern and we get more regulatory attention towards it we're getting new limits coming up we have to do testing and and a lot of the, the every human blood that has been tested has been positive for pfas mm -hmm. so um yeah it's it's pretty much my my job and, and and all that thing to get that rock out of the well i love that you know i was going to ask you for a piece of business advice but that saying feels like that <laughs> it is a perfect response to that question could you could you say it again just so our audience well, makes sure well, it, it might not sound so good to DuPont and, and 3M, but it says that one fool drops a rock at the bottom of a well, uh -huh. thousands of wise men, and these days, thousands of wise men and women cannot get it right. out of the well. Yeah. So I love that. And that sort of informs your business model's vision as well that you started the show with, which is there's more than money and profit in business, right. which I can, I can see how that is all... That's what I love about entrepreneurs, ladies and gentlemen. You can create a business based on your value systems as well, which is really a, a great aspect of capitalism, I think. So um, as you, you know, I misstated, I said you were co-founder, you were the founder. I'm wondering in those early days when it was just you, Ruhi, um, did you ever feel alone or isolated or do you still feel that way a bit in your business? <laughs> well, absolutely. You, you can't be starting this path and and not feel alone you know like it's a being an entrepreneur being a, a founder especially just a founder not having any partners it's a very lonely path because you don't have any mentor you don't have any manager to go with your problems hey what what do i do at this point you have to make all the decisions on your own and for the sake of your own business for the sake of your own entity so it's a very lonely path at the start the start time and and in the beginning i really missed my team in my previous companies and and i was hoping for or or, or wishing for a, a, a team in the future but i can say that nowadays i i have a team behind me i i, I have developed that and uh, i'm i'm glad to announce that uh, my best friend has become the vice president of my company and and we're working together to bring this ai and an automation tool into our um, industry and, and streamline the processes and the services that we provide. And uh, I would say that I, I have a great team behind me now because one of my core values is that uh, all the great human accomplishment has been, been, has been possible with an organized team. You can't do everything alone. So mm -hmm. you want to do a high impact. You want to do a good things. You have to have a team. You have to have people helping you. You can't do everything on your own. So at the beginning it was, but as I'm going through the process and, and I'm getting more momentum and, and more um, connections with people, I, I think I'm, my team is developing and I'm in a great shape right now. That's really a great perspective and good to hear that you have someone in your company that you have such a relationship with. Because in, in my experience, as you take that step, those early hires are so every time you hire somebody, it's important, ladies and gentlemen. But if you have a staff of 50 and you're adding the 51st, that's different than when you have a staff of one and you're adding the second person. That's <laughs> a critical decision. Very true. Very well said. Yes. And then the uh, 
kind of related to the last question and, and this one is that I always say life is all about the connections that we make and the impact we leave behind. So these connections that we make, these employees, these uh, partners that we have, the, and, and the clients that we have, it, it really is important. They, they really form our future, they form our, our existence. And if we are conscious of the impact we leave behind, the, the, the work that we do, I think we would be living in a very uh, fantastic uh, life and, 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 and this fantastic world that everybody is cautious, conscious of their, their impact and aware of their connections. I agree. Thank you for giving us your perspective. I, I'm glad you could share it here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show. You know, you, you've sort of flavored in artificial intelligence in a couple different answers, but I did want to just sit for a minute and ask a kind of more direct question. The AI tools that you see that are coming into your industry, are they unique for your industry or are they kind of agnostic tools that you and others are figuring out how to leverage given the kind of work that you do in your space? That's a great question. And I think um, there is a gap between my industry and the technology sector and and. and uh, there is um, there has to be a, a, a mutual thinking, thinking together to develop technological tools and, and AI tools, automation tools to be applicable to the water and environmental industry. So um, I would say all the general tools, all the tools that are available are very applicable to what we do in our industry, but there hasn't been this uh, 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 aligned thinking to connect these two together and, and um, move it forward towards implementation. And that's what we're doing at Apex. I think uh, one of the biggest uh, services that we can provide and the impact that we have is strategizing with our clients, thinking with our clients, how we can implement an AI solution, AI uh, automation solution for your data collection, for your data processing, for your data visualization. And uh, streamline the way that we used to decide how a, a, a water resource is going to uh, act upon a certain condition. And when, once we automate those processes, one we make that uh, uh, based on informed data and its decision, I think we will be living uh, in a better community and, and improved uh, way of living and uh, improved way of managing and operating our, our systems. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, and my, my sense is from listening to you talk, and I may be misquoting you, but I, I kind of got the impression and I sort of believe that mankind cannot have enough intelligence. If it's either human intelligence or if it's human intelligence aided by artificial intelligence, if properly repurposed, can only benefit man long time. Well, well if you look at the human intelligence what do we call intelligence we'll look at data we'll look at uh, a certain type of things oh we're like okay this this thing is being called table so many people call it table so i call it table and we call that intelligence right. so i think what ai does is looking at the data existing data and deduct the patterns the way that we do it in our brain so i think the ai is our attempt to um, uh, recreate the human brain and mm -hmm. and uh, it's not going to be the human brain it cannot create it cannot imagine it cannot envision things that hasn't been there 
It can only look at the things that have already been there and look at the, the data and based on that, make some deductions and, and predictions for the future. So that's why I always think like when people are worried about AI and how it's going to take over our jobs, I never am worried about it because I think human beings are there to create, to generate, to dream. And AI would never able, never ever to be able to do that. It can only recreate, regenerate based on the available data that we have. But it's a valuable tool. It's a contemporary industrial revolution. It's a, it's a new phone. It's a new internet. It's a new TV for our social structure that, that we can utilize it to make our jobs easier, to make our jobs more streamlined and, and less of the error and, and uh, optimize our, uh, our management skills, our, the way that we make decisions and all of those stuff. As I mentioned to you previously, and I'm sure the loyal listeners remember, I'm a part of a global organization by the acronym REF. We call it REF. I'm the Orange County business partner. And our view on it is across our 2000 plus members is you take human intelligence, you add to it artificial intelligence. And the outcome of that is what's called collective intelligence, which is the the sum or the multiplication of those two different types of intelligences, one by itself is insufficient. Putting them together, you really do accelerate mankind. Absolutely. That's very true. All right. So let's let's talk about the future. Uh, where are you taking Apex? What's going to be different when you're back on my show? Well, um, I have a, a unique set of core values. Uh, I, I, I remember when I was sharing that with everybody before I started my business, they were like, okay, how is that related to business? But it's because I really have that vision and that core value for my company. And um, the ultimate vision is to build a loving organization. And by love, I mean the true meaning of love, which is growth and evolution, in my opinion. So I want to build a loving organization that everybody loves what they're doing they're excited to their they're part of this this work and this impact that we're leaving behind and and uh, we're we're loving towards our employees we're loving towards our clients we make sure that everybody and everything around us is growing personally professionally and in every aspect of life all together so that's the organization i want to build and and build an organization that shows not tells money is just a tool for us to do impactful thing and not the purpose of what we do. And I really want to prove that with this organization that I want to build. And that's that's the future um, I'm envisioning for Apex. And, and I'm hopeful that, uh, I'm, I'm confident that it's going to be the future that Apex is going to have. I, I really appreciate that answer. And it reminded me of a show I did early on. I've been doing the show since 2009. And I had um, the CEO of a company by the name of Silverado Senior Living, which is a, a large retirement communities. And his culture, and he shared on the show, was in their view, in business, love is more powerful than fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you build a culture around love, unlike many corporations that built it around fear, you have a better chance of being successful and having people that enjoy their engaged workers who enjoy coming to work. So, Absolutely. Yes, there's, there's no doubt about that. And that's my number one core value for the company. 
Love is the true meaning of life and the, the universal language. So let's end the interview today. Unfortunately, we have to end it. We're at time, but I've thoroughly been enjoying our conversation. If someone would like to connect with you, Ruhi, or learn more about your firm, where would they go online? Well, apexewr.com is our website. You Say that again, please. Apexewr, Apex Environmental Water Resources, just the initials, apexewr.com is our website. You can go there. Or you can find me on LinkedIn, Ruhi2C, comma, P-E. I, I put the, the suffix afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so um, I think that's the those are the best approaches. And and um, my cell phone is on my website. Okay. So you can, you can text me or call me anytime, and, and I'll be happy to help you with your problems. Although that has some downfall of getting a lot of telemarketing calls, but... <laughs> Well, hopefully that won't happen based on your appearance here today. If uh, <laughs> I'm going to have you back on the show in the future because I'm excited. And I want to thank you for giving the time you have, the limited time you have to be our guest today on the radio show. Oh, of course. Thanks thanks for having me here, Rick. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, I'll look forward to uh, future meetings that we're going to have. Sure. And I'd like to thank the audience. You've just been a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. Ruhi's interview was now a part of our catalog of over 1,400 interviews that we've done over the years that we've been on the show. If you happen to be an Orange County entrepreneur or nonprofit leader, and you'd like to share your story with our audience, then connect with me. I'm Rick, which is spelled R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. That's my LinkedIn name. That's coincidentally the name of our company's website, rickfranzi.com. And uh, Haley and I will be happy to talk with you about having you as a future guest on the program. And until the next time we all have a chance to be together, which today is like in a half hour because we have another show coming up here shortly. Uh, I hope all of your decisions move your company in a positive direction. Thank you, Ruth.